What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Good morning. Um, doing well. Had an interesting night. Power outages, you know, that kind of stuff. It was uh, quite interesting. Power outage? What kind of power outage? Tornado? Uh, no, uh, clear weather. Uh, so uh, the the best we can figure is they were, they were working on power lines or something, uh, and a few hundred customers were out of power. One of the transformers popped. And uh, they fix it within a, you know, I would say probably six hours, though they had six or seven more pops after that. <laughs> so there was the first pop a few hours went by and like seven o'clock this morning, there was, you know, another six or seven pops. Uh, was well, it one so. of those? Was it one of those situations like we were talking about with uh, Con Ed in New York where Bob shows up and he's in a bucket for six hours by himself trying to restore the power to 200 people? I don't know. The The website was saying that there was actually uh, five trucks, I'm wanting to say, working on the, the issue. So uh, they, they had crews out there working on it. So it sounds like they, they probably had a problem in the area and um, maybe it was a power surge or something when they got it back online and it popped a different transformer. They wanted the overtime stuff. They wanted the overtime. That's why they were out there. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, because of COVID, everybody's yeah, yeah. Well, it's hazard pay. No, but they get COVID, power right? up. And, it's hazard pay if you get that. That's true. That's true. So, no, nah, but they, they, they got it situated and going. And obviously, here I am this morning. So, you know. Well, that's good. good. That's good. Not going to have the government tearing your lawn up like they did with the water pipe person. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Thankfully, they haven't even, they haven't sawed, they haven't laid sod yet either. Well, see, Bruce, we go by your logic. You just sue them, right? <laughs> you, you get your, I mean, uh, what else you are you going to do, lawn. right? Get your front lawn. Yeah. We got some wildfires. I've heard of fire tornadoes. It's that bad. Yeah. So think of a fire tornado like a dust devil. It's, triggered by the inrush of air from the fires, except it's fire. It's not dust and, you know, heat and all that fun stuff. So it, it goes, I don't know, they were saying it was about 60 mile an hour winds uh, for this mm-hmm. one. And that just spreads fire even further, uh, more quickly. It's very dangerous, especially for the firefighters there on the scene. But um, in uh, California, they had one of these and they issued the first tornado warning that was for a fire nato uh this was the first one ever done uh so congrats on that one i guess to that that's uh not something i would be proud fire of tornado. technically fire tornado yeah. that's a new one on me that is a new one on me um didn't you say or they're did, not did you, say, did you say it was colorado as well colorado has some really bad fires yeah colorado has um fires up in the northern west uh northwestern part of colorado uh so up towards denver and um further up northwest from there isn't that kind of Um, unusual i've never heard of wildfires in colorado maybe i've just been living under a rock this whole time they they do have fires up there um it gets pretty dry uh, up, up in some parts of colorado so it's not really unheard of it's not as bad policies may have changed since i lived there but during the time I lived there, it wasn't really that bad. You, you did have some efforts of cleaning up the wooded areas and whatnot, like the underbrush. Um, so it wasn't. Well, I mean, you have you also have wildlife that eats the underbrush, so it wasn't really 
as bad, but they did happen from time to time. It just they, they that just right there. As That's California's problem. That's California's problem yeah. is the underbrush. Exactly. Exactly. They're not clearing out the underbrush. So when one of these fires do start, it's able to just go completely out of control and spread really fast. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it's what you elect and when, you know, it's what you get. I, you I elected wildfires? That's, that's a lot like of Californians elected wildfires? Well, well, I mean, technically they did, yeah. They elected the politicians that set in motion the policies that uh, stopped the things like because of the tree huggers and the, you know, the... Uh, I should be nice and say the the concert the the conservationists the actually that's not going far enough that's being too generous but anyway nonetheless you get the idea um, because of their policies uh, it just triggers these fires to be even bigger and speaking of nature Trump has made a decision here that I am not too happy about he has opened up oil exploration drilling in a wildlife refuge in Alaska I'm not okay mm-hmm. with that. I'm not okay with that. Mm, I'm torn. So I, I get the understanding for the, the the wildlife bit and the conservation part. I understand. Uh-huh. This is a this is like a nine or twelve million acre. Let's see, uh, nineteen million acre. Excuse me, uh, refuge, wildlife refuge, and they're allowing drilling into these areas. Nineteen million is kind of a big area, and they usually these drilling operations aren't in very large areas. That said, the Russians are already digging into our oil reserves in Alaska. They've been drilling our oil reserves for a long time now. Come again? Um, Yeah, so they have their offshore drilling rigs on their side, right? It's in Russia. It's in Russian waters. Uh But when Uh they drill down, they don't drill down. They drill down a ways and then curve it out and, and then dig into our pockets in Alaska. So they've been taking our oil oil for a while now. And I mean, this is our oil. I get it. We're at a glut right now, but we're going to need oil again. You know, as things pick up again and life mm-hmm. returns to normal, doing the finger quotes, um, we'll need that oil. And if we're going to re- remain self-sufficient, unfortunately, this is this is a it's a necessary evil, really. It is. OK. And I see what you're saying. Um, that you're like, he's going up there, he's trying to tap the resources so the Russians don't get their hands on it one way or the other. Mm -hmm. So, which by the way, Alaska used to belong to Russia, but we bought it. So just, just saying, you know, that's kind of ours now. And that includes the resources on it. Just, just saying. So you've got oil fields in Eastern Siberia. Hello. So, I mean, you got some to the, uh, to the right of you. So I would, I would, yeah. yeah. But but if you can take um, your enemy's stuff. Why not take your enemy stuff yeah, first sure. before you sure. first, you know? Sure. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, we're all in this together, right? We're, we're all yeah. in this together. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know what he's doing. Okay. I get what he's doing. But here, here's my issue with it. The conservative movement in the U.S. has been taken over by people that give it a really bad name. Right. And by that, I mean, this is what a conservative has turned into in the U.S. Oh, uh, I, I'm a conservative. I'm going to fly around on my private jet and drop cigar ashes on everyone. I'm going to kill all the wildlife. I'm going to drill for oil right in the middle of a polar bear habitat. That's what the conservative movement has turned into. So when he takes a step like this, even though Trump is not a, quote, conservative, when he takes a step like this, it just further adds to that agenda that they can use. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The political side of it. I, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I don't really know. So this is this has been a really contentious area like this. This is there's been a lot of fighting over this one over the years. And personally, I've, I've always kind of taken the stance of, look, it's it's 
it's in our um you know bounds it, it, it you know it's it's in our country it's in these are our oil, oil reserves instead of taking oil from like uh the saudis or or you know anywhere in the middle east or other you know anywhere else even canada or whatever we should be drilling for our own oil first and there are procedures and methods to make them um less impactful to the environment there you know the 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 problem that i have with some of these uh drilling operations is they take the they, they take like salt water and uh, some of the byproducts of the crude and pump it back down into these reserves to pump it out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's when i have a problem with it obviously now clearly oil isn't great when it gets into fresh water supplies anyway and that's underground so it's a possibility of contaminating it so i guess you have an argument of saying well we're pulling out the crude so it's not going to get into the fresh water supplies you know that that's a sketchy argument by the way but uh so I do have my issues with it, but at the same time, where do we draw the line on it? You know, I mean, where where is it? When is it national security, and when is it protecting the environment? You know. Yeah, I, yeah, I understand, uh, and you make a valid point there. But I, I don't know. I just I'm somebody that cares about the environment, but at the same time, I want us to be energy independent. So I mean, you, I, I'm with you. You just have to you have to find common ground in there somewhere, and by going about it, like, look, I, I hate to say, I hate to politicize this, but it's an election year. You know. So, I mean, they're going to use this kind of thing because the other side's always about, oh, well, the the environment, this environment, that. And they're going to use this one. You've already got a lot of people in rural America alienated because of his stances on the environment. And now is not a good time for this. I'm not saying any time is a good time, but there are other ways to go about it more gently, shall we say? Right. Well, I mean, this is technically something he really could have left for after the election if yes. looking at it strictly from a political standpoint but at the same time this plays into the general idea of national security it depends on his argument right um on how this will affect the the politics of it so uh, yeah I, I honestly don't know it, it does give them more ammunition but at the same time I, I don't know if he has some bigger game he's playing as far as like, is he playing chess or checkers here? Like, you know, you get what I'm saying? Like, is it a, is there a deeper game going on and he's trying to push narratives to get the media to focus on certain things? I almost feel um, like he's playing tic-tac-toe. Yeah. And yeah, some, I'm, I'm really torn. I don't know if he's playing 4D chess or if it is tic-tac-toe. I, I can't, I don't know at this point. Okay. Well, okay. Let's uh, let, let's get over, let's do some sports, shall we? Yeah, we we've been talking on sports, and look, I don't get into all this sports stuff, right? I, I don't get into all that, but people need some normalcy. I'll let some slack out for that, right? People need some normalcy. Mm-hmm. College sports. We've been talking about them here the last few days. College sports need to come back. Well, you've got some leagues that are going to play, and you've got some that are not. The Ohio State quarterback has come out and said that. Now, mind you, there's a lot of other players that are involved with this from that uh, particular conference. That's a Big Ten conference where I'm from. And they started a petition throughout the entire conference for the NCAA to reinstate the 2020 football season in the Big Ten conference. And they have to. They have to. If the players want to play, they're, they're adults. They're adults. They're not kids. Let them play. That's what I say, because they're not going to have another chance, right? That's what this is all about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're a senior... Exactly. You you don't have another chance uh, if you're not able to play this year. They've come out and they've written they've written the petition. It says we, the football players of the Big Ten, 
together with the fans and supporters of college football, request that the Big Ten Conference immediately reinstate the 2020 football season, allow Big Ten players and teams to make their own choice as to whether they wish to play or to opt out of this fall season, allow Big Ten players and teams who choose to opt out of playing a fall season to do so without penalty or repercussion. I don't see any I don't see anything wrong with that. It should be up to the players. And we talked to some people yeah. behind the scenes about all this. People that are kind of involved with sports leagues, we'll just say. And they said they saw they told us months ago what it's up to the players, right? It's up to the players. Yeah. It's all going to come down to that. And largely here, here's the problem. I think that it hasn't been left up to the players. That's where I think it is, because you remember when we talked about do you, do you remember when we talked about Major League Baseball and all the guidelines and stuff that they have to go through for that? Do you, mm-hmm. do you remember that? Mm hmm. I don't think the players came up with that. That's no. not up to them. Same thing with football. Same thing with basketball. The players didn't come up with these things. If they want to play, then it's on them. They're the ones that are out there taking the risk anyway when they play, right? They go out there and they get hurt. They stand to lose all that money. So it should be their choices whether or not they want to play. That's my stance on it. And they need to be given the option. They can't just arbitrarily be told by the conference, yeah, sorry, we're not playing this year. We're not. Now we're not going to do it. But yet other conferences are going to play. So if they're going to play, then all of them have to play. It has to be a pushback. I think what the players are doing here, I think it's right. You have to. You have to put pressure on them and you have to say, open it up. This is no different than a protest down at a state house to open the economy back up and go to work. This is what these people do for a living. This is what they want to do for a living. This is their job. They play football. They play for a college. They represent that university. That's their job. That's what they were brought there to do. So they've got 230,000 signatures as of 10 a.m. today. So they're going to submit it to um, to the Big Ten uh, and see what they say. Uh, what, what do you think on it? I don't like institutions that are telling you that basically we're the adult here, we're the adult in the room, and we're going to tell you what you can and can't do. I don't like it when institutions do that. It should be left up to the players, the individual. Uh, I get where they're coming from with like – uh, any kind of litigation that that might result in, I don't know, having a game, someone getting coronavirus and then trying to sue. I, I could see something like that. But at the same time, if if you're one of those people, if you're one of the type of, that is going to go out there and play and then try to sue uh, your team or, or the league or whatever, then do you really care about the sport that you're playing? Should you really even be there at that point? You're just looking to make a quick buck. So can I sue you you for a cold? Yeah, uh, that that's another thing. That's uh, a precedent. I don't want to see. I don't want to see that. I I don't want to see. Oh, I got sick. And it was because I attended your establishment. No, you chose to come to my establishment. You chose to take the risk. It's on you. So same thing with sports. If they choose to play the sports, well, it's it's on the athletes themselves. Uh, as far as if they get sick or whatnot. I mean, they can do the regulate. They, they can have standards and regulations if they want. Sure. Obviously, sure. it's their it's their business and their choice. Uh, but I, I would prefer it, it be left up to the players, not the get the politics out of it. And speaking of putting politics into it, North Korea, right? That's a political state, isn't it? No, it's a free state. I don't know. It's run by is the it, people. Yeah, Democratic People's Republic of Korea. Isn't that what it is? The DPRK? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. They're so democratic up there that they actually jailed one of their soldiers for listening to Radio Free Asia while they were on duty. That's how democratic they are. And more than that, it wasn't just them. It was their whole family got sent to a political prisoner camp or political prison camp. So 
I mean, okay, this was a signal. This is amazing because this is a signal corpsman. Okay, so she's she's minding her post, right? She's at her post, and she finished work one night, and she she was listening to uh, Radio Free Asia, and it was set to like the dial was set to that frequency and she leaves her post she doesn't turn the dial back they catch her or they they catch that she was listening to that and of course they interrogated her which you know in in a democratic society we know how well those those interrogations go after she was investigated she confessed to listening to radio free asia for three years three years during the investigation that was conducted by the security department of the people's army so i mean according to them i mean it's it's open and shut right they they must be believed so can you imagine that can you imagine actually sitting there you're you're a person who's working in the army okay so you listen to a radio broadcast that's in Korean, or in this case, I mean, you know, if you were a signal corpsman in, uh, in our army, you're, in, you're listening to it in English, and you're monitoring, obviously, it's enemy propaganda, right, according to the state. So if mm-hmm. you're a person in the army, the people's army, and you want to listen to foreign broadcasts to report on what's being said, isn't that kind of the point? I mean, isn't that something you want to do? So put it in perspective, it would be like uh, you're you're a soldier listening to CNN. Right. And which, having the military yeah. come after you. Right. Doing it. That's the equivalent of it. Like we said, free. It's a free country, right? It doesn't get any more free than that, I don't think. Honestly, uh-huh. I don't think it gets yeah. more free than that. But yeah, yeah. But your entire family, right? Your entire. Can you imagine yeah. if your enti- if you and your entire family got thrown in jail for uh, for for listening to CNN? Can you imagine? I mean, you know, to be fair, I, I think I think that should that should happen anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a thing. <laughs> should be a thing anyway. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But it says here that signal corpsmen in the people's in the Korean People's Army they do that all the time. Yep. So why why would you why would you make a case for it now? That doesn't really make much sense to me because you're if you're wanting to to keep an eye on what enemy propaganda is out there, you have to listen to it. And I'm sure I'm sure that they have people that listen to it all the time. You'd have to you'd have to monitor enemy propaganda. I mean, we, we yeah. monitor enemy, enemy propaganda all the time. Right. We look at what's going on on CNN. We look at what's going on on yeah. MSNBC. That's enemy propaganda. That's the thing is technically if we if we were to uh, put everyone and their families into prison for listening to the CNN, then I, I would be there and my family would be there, too, because uh, because of what we do, you know, we, we look at we all sides. It. Yeah. So and that's something, by the way, I recommend people do. Um, you need to listen to the opposing ideas, the, po- the opposing thoughts to your own and formulate your own uh, counter arguments to to what they're they're uh, bringing up and addressing and try to find the, the truth, uh, that's out there. To be fair though, with CNN, like they're so opinionated, they're, they're so agenda driven that it's really hard to sit there and watch. Like I can do it. I I can do it, but I can't do it for very long because there's nothing that is based in fact. There's nothing. I want to find something that they actually talk about. That's more than superficial. Same thing with Fox news. I can't watch it for more than a few minutes because everything on there is superficial. It means nothing. It means nothing. I want someone to drill down into issues. I want someone to talk about things that are actually relevant, like some of the stuff we got coming up this week. That right there, what you and I uncovered last night, that should be the headline across uh, across everything, uh, across all, especially the English press. That should be a, the headline across them. It should be the headline in, in the U.S. because the U.S. is going to be a big recipient of that. 
right? I'm not going to get into too much detail what it is, but it's regarding the upcoming coronavirus vaccine. But what we found out about that, I mean, it was just it wasn't even an article on it. It was just, oh, yeah, there's this. And it was part of something else. So it's almost like they didn't want to even tell it. So it's really difficult when they're so agenda driven. I, I get what you're saying, but mm-hmm. man, it's really difficult. And uh, for them to like, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, what, what can you expect from like a Marxist state like North Korea? Right. What can you expect from that? That's that's the bottom line issue is it, it fits the typical narrative we see of Marxist countries. You know, that, that that's that's what they do. This is this is their this is their thing. So I hate it. I hate it for them. I, I really wish there was more we could do for them, but I don't, I don't know what you do, you know, in that scenario. Not to mention the, the fact that they're they're buddy buddy with um, um, China. So I mean, if it's we if state. we do anything to try to yeah exactly if we do anything to try to help them, you know, China's gonna get all up in arms and and then you know Russia and China are kind of in nice together. You know, they work together. So I don't know. It, it's it's I don't I don't know what else to do. It's a mess over there. Anyway, we could have cleaned up that problem back in the fifties, right? Just saying, we we could have had that wrapped up in ten days. But the people that could have wrapped it up, well, they got removed. Just a little mainline history for you. But we are going to have to jump out of here this morning. So thank you for sitting down this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. For all these topics and more, please check us out later on this afternoon. And I hope everyone has a great morning. 